0: Last week was week one kickoff week in college football. We decided to keep it rolling. This week's kickoff week in the NFL. So the kickoff celebration doesn't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Rockefeller records. Uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels defense needs to step up and take a bow. Speaking of celebration, they need to, they need to be celebrated for their week one performance. I hope the offense, I don't know, brought them uh, cookies or something. Battle of the Carolinas in Charlotte on Saturday night. The stars were Carolina's defense. Think about that. Think about all the preseason oxygen we spent on Drake May and Will Tez Walker play and uh, Nate McCollum incoming transfer and, and all these these things on the offensive side of the ball for Carolina. And then we'd talk about the defense. What would we say? How concerned we are. Can they get pressure? Can they create havoc? Can they make uh, uh, Spencer Rattler uh for lack of a better term, and no pun intended, rattled. Could they do it? it, Well, guess what? They answered with a resounding, yes, we can. 31 rushes for negative two yards in total for South Carolina. Some of of them sacks, but negative two is negative two. The UNC defense sacked Spencer Rattler nine times, totaled 16 tackles for a loss. I think they rattled him again, no pun intended. If I do it again, that's, that's intended. Uh, I I think they, they got him shook. That's the defense saying if Tez Walker is not going to play, if the offense is going to be a a little shaky, if, if our all world, all everything quarterback's going to be two for two, two to two in touchdowns and interceptions, we'll take care of it. Here's Mac Brown, the head coach of North Carolina on how great his defense played on Saturday.
1: It's the best we've played since we've been back, for sure. Uh, it's one of the best games we've played in a long time. Really proud of Coach Chiswick and the defensive staff uh, for taking uh, a narrative that was uh, true at the first of last year and um, really kept us embarrassed on defense throughout the year but got better but didn't get credit for it. Uh, they had a great plan. Um, they were aggressive, as advertised. They had tackles, 16 tackles for loss, nine sacks, uh, all of those things that, that we've been wanting, that we've talked about, that we've, we're not getting accomplished. Um, but but one of the best performances that, that I've seen on defense, for sure.
0: I'd say so. Especially because it's week one. Especially because it's against that team. Especially because of all the questions going in. On the other side, I think Drake May was good, but inconsistent. Some of that due to the personnel around him. British Brooks in the Tar Heel run game very good 15 carries 103 yards for for brooks that's very very good right not only i was gonna say good enough but like that that, they carried the offense at times
2: 6.9 yards to carry hard
0: to argue against that the offense was was outside of that and and their running game kind of to put that in its own capsule and say that was very good the rest of the offense inconsistent here's mac brown about something he wishes the offense did better at
1: our defense finished our offense didn't finish and I was really disappointed in our offense eight minutes left to go in the game. The game should have been over at that point if we had done what we needed to do offensively and we didn't. We did kill some clock. We made a couple of first downs, but you gotta finish the game. So as, as happy as I was with our defense and our special teams, I was really disappointed in, in the way our offense didn't finish.
0: Well, the defense took center stage, luckily, right? If your offense is going to have a bad game, you want it to be in a game where your defense plays the best since you've returned uh, their their coach Brown. And, th- and this is where, like, if you have Drake May as your quarterback, even if he doesn't play well, even if the offense doesn't play well, you should get 20-plus, right? Like, on an off night, their floor should be 20-plus points. The defense held South Carolina to 17. That's enough every time. That's enough every time. Will there be things that you want the offense to fix? Heck yes. You know what day wasn't fun for the, the North Carolina offense? Sunday, right? Because Saturday after the game, you won. You beat Carolina, meaning South Carolina. You, you, you beat uh, – you, you won in Charlotte. It was this big hype game. College game day was there. It was all crazy, right? So Saturday night was really fun. Going in and watching the film – not that fun for the offense. Not that fun for the offense. Right? That's a real come back down to earth moment where you're sitting there and looking at your, you know, how did we win this game? I have so many minuses on my grade sheet here. And it's like, well, the defense carried you. Yeah. Right? Do you remember how uh, after the App State game last year, the offense had all positives, all pluses, and the defense <laughs> was in a bad mood at film the next day? Mm-hmm. Role reversal, buddy. Now they're over there having, you know, the the – They're they're drinking the finest of of Powerades or Gatorades, whatever you're sponsored by, and you're over here drinking lukewarm tap water because that's that's how it's
2: going to feel. Well, it's got to feel good for Carolina offensively, knowing the fact that there are so many areas in which they can improve. They still Mm -hmm. put up 31 points. Very true. And their defense played lights out. Now, you don't expect their defense to get nine sacks every (laughs) single game, but even if you're consistently generating pressure and getting tackles for loss and getting in the backfield more than you did last season – and the offense, place of the expectation that we all thought they were going to in this coming into this season, be a really really good football team, like really really good. I'm talking competing ACC championship level football team. That
0: defense was more than we even asked for.
2: Oh, it, above and beyond. If if they got as many quarterback
0: hurries as they got sacks, I would have said that's pretty good day for the defense. But they actually got them on the ground nine times. Now here's here's my my one bone to pick with the coaching staff because obviously, like you said, Drake May didn't even play that great. The, the passing game had had their flaws, and they still put up 31. And and the defense obviously had a game plan that that worked. Shout out to to Gene Chizik. The one kind of bugaboo I have, the one bone to pick, Drake May kind of messed over by the coaching staff by how they divided up their reps in in practice. Right, and I say that because. Uh, Mac Brown, after the game said, I thought Drake may played well based on the fact that he was thrown to completely different guys in practice because he was thrown to Tez Walker and Nate McCollum and neither of those guys played. Now, Nate McCollum is hurt. Nothing you can do about that. It's football. It's going to happen, but the coaching staff should have had him prepared for Tez Walker not to be there. Whoever was going to replace Tez Walker. I mean, starting Monday, you had to take Tez out of the, the, the practice schedule. You had to. He was ineligible, and there was no sign the NCAA was moving at all. If he was unprepared or you didn't give him enough practice reps to be confident in his ability to to make it work with whoever was behind Tez Walker on the depth chart, that's on the coaching staff. If it's Thursday, you're going through walkthroughs and stuff, and Tez Walker's still jogging out there when you call for the starting offense, and he's ineligible at that moment, that's a problem. So that, that's the only the only – you know, bone to pick I have with the the coaching staff is I think they earlier in the prep process should have gone to Tez, I'm sorry, but we have to take you out of the practice for most of the reps because you're ineligible right now and we need the other guys to be ready. If it's an excuse after the game, like, oh, Drake would have played better if he had the guys he was throwing to in practice. If it impacted it that much, you should have planned better at the beginning of the week.
2: It's one thing if a guy gets hurt in a walkthrough on Friday. Exactly. Then it's like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. But like you said, he's been ineligible yeah. for weeks. He should be eligible. He should but be. That's not. a different conversation. Like that's but
0: out, that's out of your control. The yeah. thing you can control is how prepared you are if he's not. That's what it is. The ACC had a wonderful weekend. Wonderful and if, especially if you consider like the the long holiday weekend starting Thursday night, let's let's go through the uh, entirety if you will of the ACC weekend. Thursday, primetime, NC State and Wake Forest both dubs. Both get wins. Friday morning, finally the vote is is made for Stanford Cal and SMU to join the league. Friday night, Miami and Louisville, both primetime dubs, primetime winners. Granted, Louisville over Georgia Tech, so that one was going to be an ACC win anyway. Uh, But Louisville win, I think if you had to choose between the two, if you're just a generic ACC fan, Louisville would be the one you want.
2: Especially since Louisville was tied with Carolina in terms of odds to win the ACC this season, so yes.
0: Very much so. And Brom, I don't know, he felt like he needed it more than Key. Key was the interim guy last year. Anyway, uh, Saturday primetime, UNC beats South Carolina. Sunday, primetime, Florida State beats LSU. Monday, primetime, Duke beats Clemson. That is, granted, you'd probably, if you're just a generic ACC fan, maybe you'd want Clemson to win that game just because it might give you a slightly better chance to have a college football playoff team. But if, I mean, obviously if you're, I mean, I think the Duke win just puts another I mean at least middle tier, possibly upper tier ACC team out there and when the biggest criticism of the the ACC in recent years has been that they're top heavy, how can you say they're top heavy now? I mean you have teams winning all over the place. Which by the way, this is this is just going to going to grind my gears a little bit. The AP poll came out. This is an observation made by Brian Murphy our our, our friend WRAL Sports Investigative Reporter. At least eight voters have Clemson ahead of Duke in their AP poll. Including one voter, and I won't name names, but I—but if I get mad enough, I might. Uh, including one voter with Clemson at number 15 and Duke unranked. Let me get this straight. you, We are through one week. These voters think they are better at deciding who's a better football team
2: than the final score. Go ahead and name the names. Go ahead. Well go ahead and name it. No, throw it out there. It's all public. Go ahead and say. It is all public. Call these stooges uh, out for who they are. I will.
0: Now 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 that you've Yeah. Now that you've encouraged me.
2: I'm I'm very much encouraging.
0: Here's the, here's the one that I have the biggest problem with. Mm-hmm. It is Brian Fonseca from the New Jersey Advanced Media. Oh, okay. Has Clemson ranked fifteenth in the country? Hmm. Has Duke hold on. Duke is ranked twenty third. That's one I have a problem with. Uh, there's another one. Jordan Gusky is actually the one that I, I really want to call out. The Topeka Capital Journal. Clemson is 15th. Duke is unranked. Hmm. Duke just, for lack of a better term, ran away from Clemson. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't they won by one point on some fluke. This wasn't Florida State beating LSU last year where you needed a block kick at the end of the game to come away with it. Mm-hmm. This was you were ahead by a couple scores, and then you scored again. Yeah. Right? You, you, you forced the turnovers to, to put the nail in the coffin, and then you scored again. Yeah, you stuck it to them. It's, it's, it's just hard to believe that that type of thing would happen, especially because you know it's public. You know we're going to see this. You know we just watched – by the way, Monday night there wasn't a ton of other games on. Everybody watched Duke and Clemson. If you're voting, you know that most of the country, if you're a college football fan, watched Duke wipe the floor with Clemson. Now you just showed up and said uh, – I mean, even if you want to put Clemson slightly ahead of Duke, I might be able to hear that logic. If you're just like, it was a bad day for them. It was at home for Duke and they they pulled, you know, it was a weird game. Uh, Clemson still outgamed them. Fine. I, c- I can hear that. But to have Clemson 15th and Duke unranked, you're that much smarter than the final score at deciding who won a game. You're that much better than football games are at deciding who's the better team. Here's Paul Feinbaum on the other side of things, right? Paul Feinbaum's always trying to attack the ACC. What does he do when just about everybody wins in primetime? He finds one of the teams that lost to another ACC team, uh, and he declares them done.
1: Dabo's dynasty is done. Uh, what else can anyone say, Greeny? It's it's really been teetering
3: for a couple of years, but what happened last night is simply unexplainable. This is now the
0: third loss out of the last four games for Clemson and and quite frankly I I don't see any upside and they they didn't lose to a Florida State or a Notre Dame or an Alabama or Georgia they lost to Duke which has a very good quarterback a nice program nice being the operative word they have nowhere to go And, and Dabo's nonsense after the game isn't going to impress anyone uh this
1: this program is is flatlining right now
0: at the expense of other good ACC teams It was a great weekend for what I call the Matt Stafford effect helping the ACC now I I understand that I name my theories and I haven't uh I haven't had the opportunity to explain the Matt Stafford effect so I'll do this quickly the Matt Stafford effect goes back to Matt Stafford with the Lions because the Lions used to never play primetime games but they play on Thanksgiving so literally Matt Stafford's entire seasons for a casual fans would decide would be decided by how he played on Thanksgiving. Right, If he threw for 400 yards on Thanksgiving, it didn't matter what he did the rest of the year. The consensus opinion on him was like, man, he's really good, but the, he's being held back by Detroit. Because no one was going to watch him on a 1 o'clock slate game. There were so many other options. Meanwhile, if he played poor on Thanksgiving, they'd go, wow, you know, he's not as good as some people say. It was just the primetime game, the one a year that he played, decided what everybody dis- uh, thought of him because that's the only game people watched. If you only watch primetime games this weekend, you think the ACC is the best conference in the country because they were dominant against South Carolina, dominant against LSU, and Duke, who's seen as a a, a bottom feeder, seen as a bottom feeder in in the ACC. beat Clemson. You're thinking like, wow, the ACC is strong top to bottom. So it was a very very good day when it comes to uh <laughs> when it when it comes to um. The Matt Stafford effect for
2: the ACC. Mm-hmm. Great weekend for the ACC as a whole.
0: We have Chris on the Ville, or I should say in the Ville, not on the Ville. Chris in the Ville is, uh, is ready to jump on, called in, and uh, wants to talk about the the ranking rant that I just went on. Uh, so, Chris on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, uh, what do you have for us? Thank you for calling
3: in. Yeah, so – Yes, sir. You're very welcome. I just want to say that I completely agree with all the points that you've made, and that's not necessarily the reason for my call. But you know, I'm an ACC guy. Always have been. Always will be. And my team is Virginia Tech. I'm a Hokie, true and true. Um, but to watch the ACC compete this weekend was nothing short of amazing. And and you're right. If you looked, if you were a casual college football viewer and you watched football this week, and especially last night. You saw ACC teams dominating, and some of those are, are non-traditional ACC teams that dominated. But my my concern is sometimes that reputation and name and what you've done in the past is too reflective of current rankings. And, and to your point, when you have a Clemson team that just absolutely got demolished by mm-hmm. an unranked Duke team last night, Duke put on a clinic, and for Duke to not be ranked this coming uh, week and Clemson to still be ranked in the top 20 is just mind boggling to me.
0: But I, just to clarify, cause I was on a rant there and kind of going, uh, they are ranked. It's just one particular voter had Clemson fifteenth and Duke unranked. Uh, Clemson's still ahead of, or sorry, Duke jumped to twenty one, right, and Clemson back to twenty four or something like that. So th- that's where they stand. It's just individual voters obviously impact the poll, and I was calling out individuals. Uh, but thank you very much for the call and and uh, call back in anytime, Chris. Matter of fact, we'll open up the lines for reactions on a on a football. Uh Tuesday here, 919-860-5326. If you have thoughts, 919-860-5326. I, I will say this about what uh what what we just heard from the, the caller there in the ville, uh Fayetteville. It's the reputations do matter. And I don't know how you could eliminate them because we're humans and we have that. Yeah, perception's everything. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's unconscious bias in a lot of cases. I think it's it's why putting them out publicly is usually a good safeguard cuz you're like all right if I when when you put them out there you're going to get ridiculed if you say something outlandish so I think it's our job to ridicule thus we ridiculed we ridiculed